We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome to the latest episode of Soccer in the City. Tom Colker, Glenn Crooks, Roberto Ramos, John Rojas, talking New York City FC and Major League Soccer. Finally, boys, regular season here, Saturday New York CFC kicks it off on the road in Washington, D.C. at Audi Field against D.C. United. I'm going to ask you guys for your starting 11, the first 11 of 2021, coming up a little bit later in the show. But so much to get to. Uh, the preseason matches, Glenn coming off of the latest 2-0 win against Hartford. We obviously saw a couple goals for New York City FC. Medina getting two goals there. I know you were excited about three at the back, so a lot to get to there. We have Roberto Abramos with us, who I think has penciled New York City to be in the cup based off of recent tweets and John Rojas say start, that. talking all tactics, but Glenn, let's start. We'll get to that, Roberto. Glenn, let's start with the, the latest match at two, nothing win for New York city. You and Manny Lawrence there on the call for that broadcast. Uh, just overall thoughts on that one. How did you feel post-match? Yeah, pretty good. Uh, it was just nice to be, uh, you know, we've all been to the training facility to observe training during normal times last year. Didn't get that chance. And it's a nice facility right across the street is world class. Ironically, uh, a, a week later after that game, I'm going to be up there with my club team going up against world class. I just like the area. Um, it's a nice facility and it was it turned out to be a really nice day. So it, it, and it was it, there was a good uh, feel to the day. The players look like they're uh, enjoying themselves. You know, until the season starts and the games count, you know, you never know how things are going to go. But uh the, the biggest thing I've heard, and, and, and I'll just make a brief comment about the Hartford game too, but uh, and someone who's been with the club for a while has, have, has observed a lot of things, said it's, he, he told me that he feels like uh, genuinely that it's the uh, most together that this team has been in quite some time. And, you know, that plays a role in how things go. It just does, because when, you're, when you hit the rough moments, you know, what do you do together as a team? You know, and Ronnie talked about, and I don't think this is unique, but Ronnie talked about just making sure at lunch each day, different players are sitting with different players just to make sure that they have off the field conversations to get to know each other, you know, and it's, so that's the sort of thing that's really been um, emphasized. And uh, as far as the level of play, I mean, the best thing that happened in this game is we got a chance to see Alfredo Morales, who I, who to me is legit. That's a legit uh, acquisition. Uh, I think he, I love him in the midfield. Uh, he combines having a great bite to uh, uh, there's a smoothness about him. He can move the ball right and left. Glenn, uh, what's his most natural position? I, where, where can he be most effective? I'm, I'm just going to say six or eight. I, I mean, to me, he's kind of a he's kind of a hybrid of those two. He's uh, he's just a very good active midfielder, maybe six the best because 
Uh, he's a guy who also doesn't take prisoners. Uh, he's good in the air. Um, you know, and the guy's, you know, he's got a strong left peg, you know, playing the ball with the, with the left foot out of the midfield. You know, there aren't a, a million of those guys that can play a, a quality ball with, with the left peg. You know, there aren't that many John Rojas's out there. So, you know what I'm saying? And, uh, and That's a fact. yeah, but it does, you it does. It does, but if if Parks, you know, and that's the big question. If if Alfredo Morales, James Sands, and Keaton Parks are going to be on the field at the same time, I think we got a a, a glimpse at least as to what Ronnie Dyler might be thinking in that situation when he went to three at the back and put Sands in between Collins and Chino, and they played a three four three with the wingers coming into the half spaces. Uh, my last point here is it looked very too. 2019-ish under Dome Tehran, and those were some of the best moments uh, to me as from a soccer standpoint in the history of the team. So I really enjoyed seeing it. I was encouraged by it, and I think there's a variety of ways they could go about this. So all in all, good preseason. The Hartford game, pretty good. You know, Hartford didn't offer much, and, you know, it's the last game before you really kick off for real. So it was all right. Roberto, you got him going to the cup? No, I don't have to go into the cup. It's going to be, you know, we're going to see how uh, the new players come in and integrate themselves in the club. And we're also going to, and, and I tweeted this out before, the, the importance of Tati Castellanos, if this is a real year of growth for him. And uh, if it is, uh, then, th- then there's going to be good things for this team. Because if, if we remember properly last year, uh, the team got off to a very rough start, especially trying to score goals. They had a really, really hard time, but they finished strongly. And Tati was part of the reason why they finished strongly. Um, and if you believe that the negative influences within the locker room were really that negative, and that's why some people had to go, and that there's going to be a much better team chemistry this year, and and also, we, have, we can't forget that in the last, what is it, two out of the last three seasons, the reasons that New York City has gotten eliminated from the playoffs was the fact that defensive mistakes at the back uh, that, ter- that turned out to cost the team. And, you know, uh, Matarita was, was part of that. So, uh, actually, I'm confusing the Tigres game where he got killed as well. So, uh, but, um, you know, this is a, uh, you know, this is a team that, I believe is is at least as strong as it was last year, and I'm looking more towards the second half of the season than the first half of the season, and that's why I I feel sort of optimistic that the team has a chance to be able to make some noise in the playoffs this year. John Rojas, I know you don't take much stock in preseason, but what you know, just overall thoughts from you? Yeah, no, I mean, I, I don't like to play the game. I like to see the team working and competing and then uh, have a real assessment of what, what they can do. Uh, the paper is something that you can throw in either direction and it's going to, you know, hold everything that you say. So the only thing right now is that the, the, the core of this team is working together now for a long period of time. The coach is there for another shot at it. And his philosophy, identity, uh, game plans, and, and, and a style should be already implemented on that core, that the pieces that they brought in are pieces to uh, make the team better, most of them, uh, and they, they can impact 
the team, you expect them to impact the team real quick. I mean, Alfredo Morales should impact the team real quick because uh, not only what you know, Glenn saw and, and said about him, he is the real deal. I mean, he's a player that has been competing for a long time. He has a tons of professional experience. Um, I think, John, Matty Lawrence uh -huh. put it the best. He goes, well, you know, the guy's got over 100 games in the Bundesliga. So, you know, that's not a uh, that's not a fluke. Exactly. And, uh, and and plus his injuries hasn't been, you know, I mean, he had an ankle injury recently uh, last year. But other than that, not much. So, you know, and he he's he's 30. So still, you know, good age to compete. He's righty. He's, you know, his 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 main foot is, is the right feet. Yeah, I, see, I haven't foot. seen him play a lot. Other than I've seen him with the national team, but I think he's two footed. Then, I yeah, mean, yeah, yeah. He, he strokes the he strokes the ball right. with the left foot. To, you know, listen, you know. When John, do you agree that he's his best position is as the six for New York? That is his position. I mean, he plays sometimes on the right side as a, as a right midfielder, but it's just he's his bread and butter is the middle of the field. Like, like Glenn said, either six or eight, you can give him a little extra space to gravitate in from of that six that is going to sit in between the center backs or just in that hole. So, but that's his position. And I think that he will play there. And, and if, if we, I mean, we can go into details, you know, later on the show, but because I don't think that's going to, he's going to start the season right now. He's not going to be on the 11. I don't think this weekend. Because we talk about this before, when you bring that kind of, you know, caliber players, you take them with some precautions and you make sure that they are right physically, mentally and tactically to go into the field and, and help you, especially when it's just the beginning of the season and you have so much, you know, to play down the road. So I don't think he's going to be on the starting eleven this weekend. And, and, you know, but he is going to be an influential player. That, that's what we can say about, you know, New York City right now. I mean, they, they're trying to uh, maintain that philosophy of not bringing big brand last names, but players that they believe, you know, can impact the team. And and now they took uh, that, I would say, it's basically a gamble what they did with, with Tiago Andrade, which actually is De Andrade. <laughs> All right. Well, Joe, what, John, what can you tell us about him? I mean, well, he's he's very. He looks young. quick. <laughs> he, oh, oh, yeah, he is quick. He is quick, but he's very young, and and he doesn't have so much of a of experience on first division. Of course, you can you know you can always say, oh, playing uh, in Sao Paulo, either did you play in second division or the or the U twenty third team, you are actually you know a professional level in many other leagues, and it could be. But still, I mean, he is coming to a different country, different culture, different language, and he's a young kid. So it's it's kind of a you know it's kind of a gamble there. But it's, you, it's something guys, that is important. Well, but, if he's a U twenty two initiative player, he should you be. know that then it's it's less of a gamble. Then I mean, that's that's correct. One of the, uh, that's one of the but something in the that, full picture, yes, Glenn. In the full picture, yes, because right, because with that initiative, you're taking care of your money, right? You're not having so much money involved in that. In the but budget, still, yeah. I mean, in the in the game sense of it, it's just a gamble. You don't know how those kids are going to react. What? But do you guys remember? See, I think it depends, and I think Ronnie probably is more of the ilk that, uh, you know, if a guy comes in, 
and he's and he deems him ready, he still might just ease him in just to maybe from a from a team standpoint. He's trying to build team cohesion. But I remember Patrick Vieira and Dome Tehran. If a guy transferred in and he was the best player that week, wasn't it Tati Castellanos that started Tati, ahead of Tommy yes. McNamara? He and started was, three days after he yeah he, 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 he landed he uh, he barely got a meal in and he was in the starting lineup on the weekend so it was uh, and he scored I believe right John he scored yeah. that day yeah but yeah. we're talking about two different animals I mean Patrick Vieira started his European career being basically kidnapped so, so no I know but I mean know, it's just those the experiences are no but these are guys were you. like but the, he the, I mean they both said the same thing because Domi did it with somebody once too and it was like. The best players play. That's, you know, you're a professional athlete. You know, I don't want to hear, you know, look, uh, you know, he just got here. I've been here training since the first day of preseason. Yeah. You know what? He's better. He's playing. We need three points. And that's professional soccer. So, I, you know, there's two sides of that, which I found pretty interesting. Oh, totally. I would I would lean towards the Ronnie Dyla, which we, I, I think he will do is uh is not start Morales this week. I know we didn't get to the 11 yet, but... Uh, no, we will. But hey, let me ask you guys this, because Roberto mentioned Castellanos and his importance this season. In, in everyone's mind, Roberto, I'll start with you since you brought it up. Is it more important for Castellanos or Medina to have a breakout year for the overall success of New York City? And Castellanos 100% because he's your number nine. And so if he has a breakout year, that means that he's scoring goals because that's his job. That's what he's supposed to do. And we saw a little of it, you know, towards the end of the season last year after he struggled a bit. And we hope that this season, you know, for New York City fans, that he's able to put together the type of season that he should, considering that he's maturing, he's learning more, he's a year older. Uh, he's got all the physical tools. Uh, hopefully, mentally, he's he's better prepared and he's not uh, trying too much to, to fool referees and because, you know, they, they've all studied him. They've all, they all know what he does. And I think that it doesn't serve him. So I'm sure that Ronnie's been talking to him about that and let's see if the message gets through and that uh, if he has the type of season that he's capable of having by the physical tools that he has, then, you know, it could be a breakout season and a great year for New York city. Um, we've seen Medina. Medina had a better year last year than the first two that uh, he had in New York City, but he's still, there's a lot of inconsistency, and we still see inconsistency because against Philadelphia, I mean, against D.C., rather, in Philadelphia, he, you know, he didn't have a great game. He didn't have a poor game, but he was there. And then, obviously, against Hartford, he scores both goals. He, he played well. They were very well taken. And so, you know, there's, you know, there's hope for improvement there. So we'll, we'll see. But New York City is going to need them both to play well if they have aspirations to winning anything. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh... – I, look, it still remains to be seen if if they're going to score consistently enough. That's to me, that's the number one issue. It, not uh, issue might be the wrong word. Are they going to score enough goals to have the kind of success? Uh, and I think there's an expectation that uh, this season, you know, internally they all feel. I think they they're fine with uh, whoever put them in the 18th hole out of uh, 27 teams. I I know you tweeted, so I don't even know who that was. Weeby uh, at MLS. Oh, oh, Weeby. Oh, all right. Andrew well, whatever. Weeby. You know, and that's the fun stuff. Everybody wants to put their rankings out and all that other stuff. But uh, you know, I think internally they feel like they're they're ready for for that kind of breakout season. So, 
It, uh, and I put in there, and I know you teased me back on Twitter, Roberto, which uh, you're so good at. Uh, Thank you. I, I need I need seven games to assess this team. Sorry, <laughs> I need seven games, and that's that. Because the first two games, it's DC United, who that should be three points. You can play that on the road, home, in a parking lot. New York City should win the match. FC Cincinnati at home, now you have six points. You should. But this is where we're going to see the consistency of goal scoring. Is it going to happen? And uh, against the DC United team that's pretty much going with the same unit at the back, and they gave up 41 goals last year in what, 20, however many games were played, 24. It was almost two goals a game they were giving up. So, uh, and then the next five games are like, they're fairly murderous at Philadelphia, at LAFC, against Columbus at home, TFC at home, and then at uh, Orlando City, which, you know, is a nightmare spot for New York City. So, you know, seven games, and then I'll let you know what I think. With, with opinions along the way. I'm just really? saying, you're gonna have, I mean, why don't you just wait until the end of the season? And then when, when they realize, you know, they either won the championship or got eliminated along the way, you can give us a full opinion there because you'll have a full body of work to be able to, you know, put together your thoughts and your notes. I tell you, you got to finish in the top seven, man. And these first seven games, are, I don't know. I, I just, I think it's pretty imperative. They got off to a good start. Well, there's no question, but John Rojas, let me ask you this. Who, you can either take Castellanos or Medina, or I will allow you the option of just giving me who you think needs to have the, the best season to have the most impact on this team this year. Who needs to break out? Who needs to break out? The Maxime thing should know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> For the future. <laughs> the, thing, the thing with Tati is that if he really starts a breakout type of season, he may not be with the team in the summer. True. Because if he Tati. Because yeah. if he really, really, really have a breakout season, he may end up going to the Olympics. When does that you know? get decided? Yeah, yeah. when are the he must be like on a preliminary roster, right? He may be. I mean he was he was on the preliminary roster for the two friendlies that Argentina played this month against Japan. Yeah, and then to the final uh, list, he wasn't there. But remember, since the team, the teams are not obliged to let them go, and especially this being friendly. Yeah, uh, you know, I'm not sure if that was a conversation that went on to not calling him, or just the fact that the the, the Batista decided not to have him with with the group. But that he was. At the uh, the South American Championship qualifiers, so you may think that having the restrictions that you have to call many other kind of players that you would love to have in an Olympic competition, it's kind of easier if you call these guys and tell them, you know, here's your chance to add to your resume that you've been on the Argentinian national team. If you having, of course, a, a good season, so yeah, so, so that's going to that, depend on that. Exactly. So that's what that's that's a conundrum them and 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 the problem is that who is right now the player that is top to score for NYCFC. I mean, right now it looks like if it is not Tati, is by committee. <laughs> yeah, or yeah. Medina. Right. If you go by preseason, Castellanos has four, Medina has three. And then here comes the other question. 
we were talking about the pieces that NYCFC brought in to make the team better. And if you add all those pieces, especially knowing that are international, a few of them, yeah, that are big caliber players like Morales. And this is a question for me to Glenn. I, I have my answer, but you guys watched the, the preseasons. You went to the preseason games uh, in person. Which system is NYCFC using to the beginning of the season without those pieces? Because we agree Morales is not going to start, right? Yeah. Thiago is not going to be there. Um, uh, Malta is not going to start. So what is the system that NYCFC is going to use for this weekend or probably the first two, three games? And what is the system that fits better and they're going to use when they have Morales, All their players, Thiago, yeah. exactly. I well I You're welcome. Yeah. Well now we're getting into the lineup. And we and we have look, to refer look, back to look, Glenn, you to, don't even need to answer because John already has his answer. <laughs> yeah, well Well he will will at one point share it with us, I believe. Yeah. Uh, Roberto, we've got to go back to Roberto at some point because he is the, the source man on Tati Castellanos and a potential summer transfer. And uh <laughs> I wouldn't shake your head, John, because uh I, I my uh, my assumption is it's a pretty reliable source. <laughs> so anyway, uh, talk systems, talk systems. I will look. I, I think I, I said it at the top because I uh, am. I am a fan of Sands sitting in the middle of the back with Collins and Chino on either side of him. I just I like that as long as you have the wing backs who are capable right. of Let's, having having to... these massive engines, which we know Tinner home and then we don't know on the left side yet. You want to break down this way? Which we're going, we're going with, with you. This, go this oh, what they're going to start with? Okay, four three exactly. three, undoubtedly four three four three three. Yes, or four, four two three. three one. You know, I you know. Oh, for... now we're talking. Yeah, I, I agree. I think you're going to start with a four two three one, and they're going to mix in depending on the opponent. They're going to mix in a three four three. Well. Four two three one. Here's here you go. It's really not a four two three one. But if you have Sands and Parks playing together in the midfield, that is not. I repeat, and I'll repeat it again. Not a four two three one because that is an absolute six Sands, eight Parks, ten Maxi Morales, and, no, Glenn, and but, but there is some rotation. Just, There's rotation course, that goes on between course, Parks and Sands, but that's course. There, that's all. A midfield triangle has rotation. That's what you do. Of course, of course. But the starting position is the system. The the uh, how do you call it? The, All right, yeah, I know. It's okay, system. That's it's the, the system. Yeah. The system. Your starting position is your system. Of course, you have movement because one thing is what you write down on the paper, or you see, or you put up in the video, and then the other one when the when you start moving, or the opposition start moving, and exactly. then you shape start to change. Of course, you know. So well, the one I, I, there's one. Um, but the thing is, how the, the other pieces fits onto those systems. You know, if you have already with you, Malte, you have already with you Thiago, you have already with you uh, Morales, right? Yeah. Don't forget Jason, who's going to be uh, who's supposed to be signed into the lineup. That is a super point because that kid is showing, by all accounts. That See, he I, is ready for minutes in MLS. Yeah, and I, I, you know, I, I was surprised he uh, 
he didn't get the start in the la- you got to figure that, that that's their starting lineup for uh April 17th correct no question Gudmundor Gudmundor is going to play left back until this guy Malta Admonson is ready to go that's exactly. Chris, Chris Gloucester's not ready Gloucester's so not ready possible. well yeah. uh I well, mean, I want to let's see. Let's see how good he does if against. I have to, if I have hey, to let's give him a chance. I think Goody looks somehow. He looks a little more powerful. He looks. I don't know what he's been doing, but he looks different. I will say that. OK, so let's give the guy a chance. So don't evaluate him until he plays his DC United game. All right. And of course, I need, I need seven, seven games. games. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you need seven. <laughs> seven. Yeah, the, the, the 221 goody looks better than the 220 goody, but it, again, it was preseason, so we'll have to see yeah. how that goes. But yeah. I mean, he, so that's a half, know. it's a half fullback. But yeah. he's, well, that would be a halfback in, the, in that case. Yeah. But I mean, in the system that they're going to play, I mean, he's going to be there on the he's going to be there on the left side, and um, at, at the beginning, and, yeah, you know, he's going to be there. So. And then Malte might be ready for game two. Robinson might be game, might be ready for game two because he flew into New York over the weekend. So uh, and then he just has to go through all the COVID protocols and then start getting you know into shape to to be able to play. And then ultimately, yeah. And ultimately, I mean, when you talk about guys with motors, just watching highlights of him, it looks like he can just run forever. So well, if you have him on the left, that's, that's what Dinerholm on the back, right, yeah. right. Yeah. Then yeah. I think ultimately, to John's point you're going to end up with three at the back as the regular system. Once everybody's ready to go. That's my boy. Yeah. And then, and then you can play, you can play it a couple of different ways. You could go with twin strikers. You don't have to play three, four, three. You can play twin strikers and that could be Tati and Eber when Eber comes back, you know, as you, as you go down the, down the row. Cause right now, whenever I, I know this is a long way down the road, but whenever back and fit. And if Tati hasn't transferred to Palmaris, then the idea is you've got, Again, these two guys, and how is Ronnie Dyer going to play? And remember, Castellanos was a reserve until Eber got hurt. I think they played together once. He tried it, didn't like it. He doesn't like well, Castellanos. He didn't like the 3 4 3. He tried the 3 4 3, and he lost both games, and he didn't like yeah, he it. Didn't he didn't want to play it anymore. But he, he didn't have the right piece. pieces for it, or maybe he didn't train it properly. There's a lot of reasons why that could have been. Well, well if you want to talk hard, about shape, he didn't like it. it. Well, it wasn't a 3 4 3, it was a 3 5 2. Uh, when they played it, yeah, yeah they were well, playing. Fine. Yeah, but but anyway, uh, I think he's more comfortable with it. But seeing those wingers in the half spaces, I was really happy. I love that. Anyway, so here's and, the other take. Can I, I can I, I define what a half space is, John? Because somebody, yes, I, I don't know if somebody tweeted it or you know what's this half space stuff. So I'm here's the best way I could describe it. Similar to and, half chance, and yet you guys could tell me if this this description. Uh, it makes it clear as to where it is on the field. Okay. So if you divide vertically divide the field into five channels, so you just draw a line down the field and five channels, one, two, three, four, five, the left inside channel and the right inside channel, those are the half spaces. And that's where fullbacks invert and then find little uh, things too. It's not just the wingers necessarily who tuck in, but that's half spaces. So that's and like in my training sessions, I set up, I set up five uh, channels vertically all the time in training, at, for different reasons. But one of them is for the for the forwards to see where those little spaces are, and you're trying to find the pocket between the back line and the midfield. So, the internal game, those channels. Was that well? Is that was is that cleared everybody? Yes, it was very, very well explained. And then you have no, the second channel who wind up going, who wind up going wide, and they stay on the outside. 
It's it, it turned to the F. It's the FM channel, not the AM. Okay, channel. got yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> is this becoming a Steely Dan song? What is going on here? Steely. Right, so are we, so are we are we giving the eleven or is it set? Right, let's like, go. Yeah, so yeah let's do it. Already. Sure. All right, go we ahead. All right, you're up first, John. No, is the, is the, is the one from the from weekend? DC. Yeah. So John, I say Johnson, Tinner, Hartford, Collins, Goody, sorry yeah. me, Sam Sparks, Medina, Maxi, Easy, and Tati. Yeah, there it is. Will Morales be on the bench? Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Alfredo, Alfredo Morales. Let's, yes. I mean, yeah. even though they spell their name differently by one letter, well, let's make sure we understand. Will Tiago be on the bench? The yes. No. No. Oh, no, maybe not. Because he's just too soon. Yeah. Plus, I don't. He's got to go through. Uh, do quarantine. Got to go through things. Yeah. yeah. So I don't yeah, think a whole bunch of things. He doesn't even have his visa yet. So no Malta. Yeah, he's not here yet. Malta's yeah. here. Malta's, Malta's here, but uh, Tiago's yeah. not. And he's just uh, starting training. So yeah. yeah. I it's think he's doing a while for him. He's doing individual right so, now. So down the road, and before because that's the thing now. And I'm thinking and talking at the same time. I think in WCFC to analyze 2021, we're gonna divide the season in three parts. One, the beginning of the season with the pieces that are available. Two, the season with everybody available except. Uh, ever, ever, and three, whenever ever comes back, <laughs> and anybody that gets signed, right? And then there's a summer right? transfer window, and anybody that might come, uh, yeah, yeah, no, so, it's a, it's pretty, right? uh, it's a pretty interesting thing to look at. That makes there's intrigue there, John. Exactly, a lot of intrigue. So that's why that's why I'm saying that down the road in the middle of that jungle season, I think they will change from the four uh, to three one. To a three four three, but that four is a square in the middle. Yeah, because you I, have the pieces for it. Yes, you do. Okay? And you want so the you have, proper players on the field. Exactly, exactly. That's so the you're way basically you talking about a three two two three. Cor- correct. Yeah, and the wingers okay. are the fullbacks or the wingbacks. The wingers in this yeah. three four three are the wingbacks, unless somebody pops out to the wide area. And then it uh, becomes mobile. Yeah, it is. They're they're the wingers. No, this guy. Lo- I know, but no, no, no. I'm saying because one thing that we hear from Dyla is that he loves to go forward and score. Correct. Yeah. yeah and he know. has yeah. and he has the pieces to do that. And if you have if you have Tati, and you want him to be your number nine scorer, you need outside game. And for that, you have Easy, and you brought in Tiago. Correct? Yeah. So you can have in that four midfield, Parks, Morales, Maxi, and Medina. That's your four. Yeah. In the middle. That. Well, if Tiago. Yeah. Tiago, Tati, and Easy. You well, know, Tiago. T- Tiago I'm, so, I'm sorry for one second. You know, Tiago's a 20 year old who barely got to, you know got to start last season for uh, Bahia. So, uh, 12. Matches. I mean, how much do you trust that he's all of a sudden going to be plugged in to play? I mean, they thought, you know, we thought that Acevedo was going to get plugged in to play a hell of a lot, and that didn't happen. So, I'm not still too sure, right, that uh, Bahia is plugging himself right in as a super sub off the bench. You know, especially you got Jason, who we keep on seem to forget that uh, he's impressive. Nothing to do one with the other. 
Well, I yeah, but I think there, but there's distinguishing uh, uh, what's the uh, 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 the tools is what I'm trying to come up with. Correct. Jason, Jason is very comfortable in the center of the park. So Correct. he Medina sleeps. Jason's is in. He, he okay. Well, I can see that, but uh, but Jason really fits this three four three quite well. Cor correct. That's my idea. If, if actually in there, man. If Medina, if Medina sleeps, Jason is in it. What do you so guys like so much about his game? Carl Morales, Maxi, and Jason. Well, let me what? ask you this then. Let me ask you this. See where I see Jason also fitting in is spelling Maxi Morales because of the fact that Maxi's getting a you know a little bit older. He had a very hard time last year staying healthy, and they may want to hold back some of his minutes. He may be the first guy subbed out a lot of games just to be able to keep him healthy throughout the season because it was a huge difference between the 20th assist season of 2019 and last season where he wasn't healthy. And when he finally was, you know, he, he obviously can help. And, you That's know, he's, he's a number That's 10. But, you know, That's New York true, City went a place of where number nine was their biggest depth issue. Now it seems that number 10 seems to be a bigger depth issue. But if Jason can fit in there, then uh, then fine. Roberto, for, for fans who have not seen this kid play yet, Why should people be so excited about his game? I mean, Argentinian, really silky smooth and Thank strong, you, John. and he's and, and and he's bright. He, you know, he's look. He's he's born he in Connecticut. Seems to have a really good <laughs> vision of the field, and I mean, I've only got to see him really once. Really, you know, the the, the half against uh, DC United, but I mean, he's he's fearless. I mean, he'll take players on and try to beat them off the dribble. And, you know, for a young guy, you know, not, not to fear doing that, I have a lot of respect for that. So I'm really looking forward. Of all the players that have come in and everything, the one that I'm really, really looking forward to seeing this year is Jason. And um, to, to see what he does and how he fits in and, and how he develops. You know, a lot of teams in MLS have used a lot of their young players to be able to succeed in this league. New York City, aside from James Sands, really hasn't been one of them. But now with Jason, if they really give him a chance and he earns his chance, then we're, we're, we're going to see New York City, you know, jump onto this. And uh, hopefully he's the type of player that so far he's uh, shown. All right. I'm not going to answer my phone. I'll let it ring. Yeah, we're busy. Well, that was really nice of you not to answer your phone in the middle of a podcast. Aurora, Illinois. I don't know who's calling. If it was Obama, fine. You know. Obama. <laughs> It's Glenn, do you, do, Glenn, do you agree with Roberto's assessment? Yeah, I, well, uh, Jason is uh, I, I got a chance to chat with him for a half hour. Really? He, here's what I know about Andres Jason. He's taking classes at Yale online while he's playing soccer for New York City FC. And he's had a great preseason. He earned a starting role for the most part. I was I, again, I was a, a little surprised he didn't get to start against Hartford because I think that's the starting lineup for, for Saturday. And I'm basing that on a week earlier. Ronnie Dylas said he's the first choice left wing. So, uh, you know, he's right in the mix. And Ronnie did say no matter who they bring in, Andres Jason will get minutes this year. That's based on what he's seen thus far. Uh, you know, the kid is uh, yeah, the other thing. I was really impressed with the kid. I don't know how you guys would have handled a situation like this, but I know how I would have. And I guess I'm revealing myself here. He speaks three languages and one of them is French. And I asked him, 
I asked her, well, why did you why did you, you know, Spanish, obviously, and, you know, with an Argentinian father, Sp- uh, Spanish mother uh, and then English. He was born in America. Uh, I said, why French? He goes, well, I had the choice in school between Spanish and French. I already knew Spanish, so I thought I would take French so I could learn a different language and communicate with more people. And I'm thinking to myself, geez, I would have taken Spanish so I could get the A. <laughs> you know, I could <laughs> take the easy way out. So uh, he um, no. And he says and he and he uses it with Maxime Cheneau to keep sharp. And I don't know. There's just something about him. He's um, he's but as a player, Tom, he's he's clever. He's creative. He does have that Argentinian flair. Uh, and he's, uh, I, I mean, against Hartford, you know, we were real close up to the players and he got taken down a couple of times and, uh, you know, he, he wasn't like the, uh, you know, the 19 year old kind of backing off. Okay. Yeah, yeah. No, he was, uh, he was rather upset and he was, he was in the face a couple of times with some of those Hartford players. So he's got a little spunk as well. And, uh, it's what it takes to be a forward man. Yep. That's culture. Yeah, John, let me ask you this. With with Tiago, with a young international player coming over, what's the most important thing for him to get kind of initiated, ingrained into the team so he can be successful on the field? Is it literally just understanding what Dilo wants from him and tactics, or is it more just about you know becoming friends with the guys on the team and developing those relationships off the field? I mean, everything, a little bit of everything. Uh, at the beginning, I mean, it will be ideal. He needs Eber, uh, first of all. Exactly. Get Eber back it will here be quick. ideal. That, that was my point. It, it will be ideal if Eber was working with the team, even if he is injured. But, you know, ha- having him close and um, being able to reach out to him if you need something and take him somewhere or that kind of stuff or explain something that uh, Dyla wants from him or whatever. So, Right now, I think Tati Castellanos, Medina, Maxi Morales, they're very important for him because uh, you can communicate, you can understand each other in Portuñol, and, and you can help the kid. You know, that's very important for the kid. I mean, second, then, of course, uh, understand the physicality of the game here. I mean, he's fast. Uh, he's, of course, talented and good on the ball. But every single young player that comes to MLS needs to ramp up their, you know, physical work. So they have more muscle. They respond to the one v one challenges not only with the ability that they have, but they protect their body with a little bit more of muscle. He needs to work on that too. And, and then the other part is just the culture in general. You know, the call. I mean, he's coming now. And he's not going to face the winter, but still, it's, it's a different kind of environment. And, and he needs to understand that he's going to be in the big city, but he's there to play. You know, I was going to ask, the city. before I knew this was happening, I was, you know, I've scheduled to speak to David Lee. And the one thing I was going to ask, him, I'm still going to, is I, I don't know what you guys think. I would have, I would have like scouts all over the place in Brazil, watching the second, third and fourth division to find players. I mean, and then I'm sure CFG is doing that. Hmm. Well, this, Eber was the first Brazilian player they ever had, and now here's a kid that played mostly second division. They found he wasn't you know, coming from from Brazil. He wasn't coming from Brazil. Right, well, that too, yeah. So um, I don't know. It's just uh, you know, I Eber 
you just look at a guy like that and anybody that's coached a Brazilian in, in general, sometimes they, they uh, one of the complaints is they uh, enjoy the off field activities a little bit too much, but if they are disciplined in their social life, they bring so much to the squad because of their Jenga and just their, the way they are with life and, you know, and, but beyond all that, it's street football. That's how they grew up. You know, they know how to, you know, and then bring them in and, and start working with them at 18, 19, and 20. You know, I, I, just, I think that Brazil are, is there the most, be more Brazilians. Yes. They, I think that it's like the most under, should I say, developed uh, resource for MLS. Because again, there's a lot of things going on over there and the economy isn't fantastic. And so it's very easy for MLS teams to be able to actually buy players there because of the finances. Uh, one of the reasons the Tati Castellanos deal fell apart was because of Real, the, the, the Brazilian, the, the Brazilian um, currency fell and it's been dropping. And so they can't afford him anymore. And so that's part of the reason why that deal fell apart. And so, like, if you're going there with American dollars and you can, you know, you, you'll be able to find, you know, players that, uh, you know, that you can bring and make your team better. There's no doubt about it. They've done it, obviously, with Argentina and they've done it with other places in, in Latin America. But uh, Brazil is ripe for the picking as far as that's concerned. It, in Brazil, can happen uh, in the other direction where it used to happen in Latin America when they started their professional basketball leagues. So they were Jordan leagues, right? They yeah. were not playing the full year. They were only four months, three months, depending on the country. And some of those players used to come from West Forth, the park in Manhattan. Mm -hmm. So, you know, just not even scouts. The, the coach themselves used to come, watch the guys play on the street, and pick up one of those guys and tell them, listen, you come to Colombia, you come to Ecuador, you come to Venezuela, we're going to pay you, we're going to give you food, we're going to give you an apartment. You're the American. You're going to have, you know, you're going to have fun, you're going to have the girls, you're going to have parties, you're going to have, I don't care what you do, you just come and play. <laughs> uh, right. Rojas is now in charge of recruiting. Sorry, Glenn, you're out. <laughs> Much better pitch. No, but that's, that's, that's <laughs> the place. That's I mean, the challenge, the, man. I mean, the point is, the point is, you go to Brazil, you pick up a rock, and you have three players. But that's what I'm saying. All these divisions, just go, man. Scour the country, you know, Africa too. You know, I know I Africa. Like the thing Bielsa did when he was starting his career, he went, got, got into a car, and drove all over the country to meet you know, leagues to see leagues and met players and parents and, and make yeah. his own assessments of the talent. And Sunday at three in the morning, he's trying to lure Pochettino out of his farm. Right. That's, that's a great story. <laughs> that's why, that, that's what they did. They drove for months and months in the country. All right. Well, Tiago, when he gets here, I think they'll, I think he'll have something to offer. And, uh, I think, you know, and I, and I don't think it's much of a risk or a gamble Morales real deal. Uh, Abmanson, we got to wait and see him, right? I mean, we can't, uh, it's, it's going to be, you know, new country, new league. It looks uh, good in highlights, but yeah, we don't know. Yeah. Hopefully we'll I mean, see. Everything is an improvement. 
Right. I'm try- I'm, <laughs> I can't come up with who's the player uh, that's now playing in uh, in, in Guayaquil uh, for uh, Barcelona who uh, looked so good on uh, highlights. Uh, and then he came to New York City and he just had a rough time to center back left footed. I, I can't remember his name. Oh, oh yeah. About. Oh, uh, yeah. He's, he's Colombian. He's Colombian. Yeah. He is. That's right. And he uh, uh, and I remember watching film and like, oh, man, yeah. this guy's all right. Yeah. What was his name? Darn it. Give me, a, right. give me a second. Give me a second. Give me a second. Hey, listen, we're getting ready for the first match. And Glenn, I know MLS had some announcements today and had some speakers. And let's go over some key, maybe rule changes that fans should be aware of for 2021. And one I know you want to touch on is what happens inside the penalty box. Not that there's already not enough controversy out there. <laughs> let's have a little more. Let's make it a little more confusing for everybody. Go I got the name. Jefferson Mena. That was Jefferson Mena. Uh, My Mena. <laughs> oh, the other one was Kaji. Who? Oh, yeah. Kaji. Oh, Kaji. Yeah. Yeah. He was. He ended um, up playing for Turkey in second division in Uruguay, but he wasn't with that team when they um, won the promotion. He, he had some talent, though. You know, it's just unfortunate. You know, you his, wonder- his biggest highlight was when Saunders was carrying him off the field. Yeah, but not in time to uh, for Kyle Aaron to walk in and score. <laughs> I know. Yeah. I know. <laughs> Jason Christ after Jason Christ yeah. after that game, I said, "Have you ever heard seen anything like that?" And he just shook his head. He goes, "That's that's he just it was I've never seen anything like that in my life." That was the beginning of the end for Jason Christ in yeah. general, not yeah, only with I, New York City FC. That was in Orlando, right? Yeah, that was in Orlando. Kyle Aaron yeah, and, uh, in Orlando, yeah. and the play was is that uh, Kaye was laying out on the floor. <laughs> And didn't and, move, and he ended up having like a like a buttocks injury or something, it's something yeah. ridiculous. Would you, you find those highlights and make a reel with that one from Kaje Pirlo behind the wall? Yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> well, Pirlo, Pirlo at the front post in his first year, and the goal that uh, that on the header that he just basically stands there like a statue, like he's attached to the post. Oh, that's a good one. Pirlo. What's going to happen to Pirlo and Juventus? Are they just going to ditch him? I don't think they won the other day. Well, they won. McKinney got a goal, three to one. Yeah. No, they had a contention already. They had a contention already. Yeah, yeah. Well, that'd be interesting to see what happens. Well, look, here's. So I thought it was uh, a couple of interesting things from this. So it's big media week. uh, MLS are having people on every day. Today they had uh, Howard Webb, who's the GM of pro referees, who do all the MLS games and the VAR. But IFAB has uh, uh, sanctioned two rule changes, but one, one of them is is a is a handball thing, and but they're allowing leagues that start at different times of the year, like MLS earlier, to to utilize the rules. So MLS is going to do this one. So uh, I'll use the example of John and I are uh, playing and we're attacking a goal and we're in the penalty area. And the ball goes off my arm accidentally and to the feet of John Rojas. And with his right foot, he finishes, which is mm. unusual for him. It's usually with the left. True. But, but, the idea, but the idea I is in that situation. because it was mm. accidental and not deliberate as determined by the referee. So the referee's got to make another judgment thing here that he uh, that that goal will stand. And that is a um, that's a pretty significant change to the way it was in 2019 and 2020. So, uh, yeah, that's the one that will be interesting to watch because people won't know that rule 
and they're going to see the handball and it goes to John and he scores and everybody's going to be up in arms. And that's that's the way it works. That's the way it works. Then they talked about uh, the concussion substitutions, which is long overdue. I mean, it just it's a no brainer, uh, no pun intended. And uh, but after the five subs that you're allowed, you can have two additional um, concussion substitutions where you would be allowed to substitute over and above those five twice. But here was this is where it, it, it balances out a little bit. And I think this was good by MLS. It's where if you use a concussion substitute, now John gets a concussion in the game. He can't go any longer, according to our doctors. But uh, I could come in for John and it won't count against us twice. Drop on quality. But <laughs> but uh, the just trying to see the game out at this point, John. We're just trying the to see opposition the gets a substi- an, an additional substitution card as well for each concussion yes. substitution that you use. So and they can use it at their leisure. So that was uh, I like that. I thought so it doesn't have to be yeah, concussion I, related on the other end. No, not that's at all. No, it doesn't. Right? No, and they don't have to. They don't have to do it. They don't have to do it at that moment either. Which you know in. It just gives them another sub to use, yeah, and and that is to try, I guess, try to avoid any impropriety that uh, that might come up from this of people maybe faking a concussion injury uh, that they can get them out of the game, and so the other team doesn't feel, you know, that they're uh, disadvantaged by that. So I, I, I get that. You know what There's I don't understand in- is why I don't know. It- and it was very clear that there, there's a medical doctor at every match who represents an MLS, but the clubs make the decision, not this uh, MLS medical uh, doc- doctor who's at the game. And I thought one of the one of the reasons you have this concussion substitution rule is so that a player, let's say it's your best player, so your incentive as a team. And him being, you know, who he is, you know, no player ever wants to come out of a game, blah, 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 is to maybe decide incorrectly, unjustly to keep the guy in the game. And if you, if, if an MLS medical person is making the decision, you're not going to have any of the, there's no gray area here. They're going to say he's out or he can play. And then it's out of the hands of the club. I, 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 I wanted to ask that question today. I, I raised my hand, but I didn't have a chance. So um, maybe someday. But there's something extra. Do I have that, that right? Does that make sense? You know what I mean? Is it, yeah, guys yeah no, it, it makes sense that it should be decided by a third party who's just looking after the health. Right. Uh, I, I would <laughs> think it should be that for, for sure. Well, the maybe Howard will answer time. a text of yours. Yeah, maybe he will. I will ask. But that's that's outside of uh, I don't think that's in his purview. See, that's where it becomes like the referees don't make any decision about this. They just no. they just, you know, they just do whatever they're told. They have no. Well, you got, well, you got David Lee that you're going to talk to. So he will. He should know. All right. So I'll make sure I ask that. There's, so there's the another aspect of that program. Uh, Say what? Glenn. Say there's another there's another aspect. What's that? On, on on that on on that program on that initiative and as the what the MLS call MLS Spotter program. Oh yeah, which is an independent uh, member of the the medical department of MLS that is away from the venue, so he's not in the stadium. He's watching the game, and he is paying attention on contacts or knocks or collisions that may become uh, 
uh, an injury, right? On, on that sense, on the on the. Um, and it was mostly concussions, they were saying, but it on could the concussions, be upper right. or lower extra. It could right. be other things. So they have they have a system exactly. They have a system to mark down the parts of the body where the the yeah. uh, you know the, the heat was taken, and and if for some reason it may involve a concussion, they will send video immediately <laughs> to to the medical personnel on the field. So they can check that and What's talk that to the to the, the venue medical. medical. That's VMD Ven venue medical right. director. Venue medical that... director. Mm -hmm. So and they showed a picture, guys. It was amazing. It was like it's a it. They called it like it's the VAR for the VMD, the video, for the venue it's, medical director. It's in my Twitter uh, feed. So I I guess I haven't followed you. I haven't followed you this use. afternoon. I was mm -hmm. busy uh, cooking so, and getting ready first. So that's the point, basically, like the BAR for the medical. Yeah. So yeah. there's someone that has not. And they had know, all these all these monitors, do. just like there were like, you know, five or six different views of the field. It was pretty cool. Pretty yep. cool. There's a couple of other things that came out of this that I, I thought were important and interesting. One of them is that the virtual offside line will not be used in MLS again this year. And that is because not every uh, field has enough cameras and uh, also I think there's been a little bit of a pushback internally against it either way even if they did have enough cameras because of all the controversy of millimetric offsides right and, uh, but it's not if the those cameras, are fair or not Roberto, it's not the cameras what was explained was the setting of the stadiums are so different that doesn't make uh, like like a, a fair or a consistent way to create those lines because the the way the setup in the in the stadiums are so different. So they may have enough cameras in, in a broker, but the setting is totally different. So it doesn't make sense to put it this weekend on one way and the other weekend in another way. So, the, well, that Howard, way so they, it has to be consistent. Ha, ha, well, Howard said thing, last year, yeah. just one second, Roberto. So he told me last year in an interview, we talked exactly about this because I was curious what he thought since he talks to his, he talks to his brothers in England all the time. And you know, he said they were suffering from this, but he said that they will look at it every year because they want to see if it gets a little better, you know, and they uh, but he said they were there was no chance. There was no chance they were using it this year. That was they, they decided that 12 months ago. But uh, but they will look at it every year because maybe enhance maybe it'll get better somehow. But right now it's a disaster. So the, so the other thing that they're looking into and they're talking to IFAB about this is allowing the audience on television to hear, and probably on radio as well, the, um, to hear the conversations between the VAR booth and the referee as they're going through uh, looking at a play through VAR, which is being done. We see, these, we see replays all the time of goals and situations in, in Australia and how effective that is for people to, to understand the clarity of what they're talking about and why they've arrived at a decision. So I would love to absolutely see that here. And uh, even on my Spanish broadcast, if that's available, I'm running that just to, uh, and then I'll come back and for whoever doesn't understand, I'll explain exactly what they did. But I would just run it on, on the broadcast if that's available, just without a doubt. So MLS, a doubt. the MLS is back tournament. They, they did a, a, a bit of that, right? Am I, or am I wrong? Didn't they have some sort of, there was communication that they used there? No, that they, uh, I believe there was. I'm not sure. I think they used it a couple as, of uh, times. It wasn't as detailed or, or as lengthy as that one in Australia you referred to. But yeah, that'd be pretty cool. 
that that'll happen one day. I, I, that's my uh, I think that'll happen for sure. What else was interesting for this thing today? Let's see. Oh, John, the, the, the graphs. You got to go to John. So, John, what what's your Twitter again? I just always see it. I, I don't know exactly what it is. What is it? J. Yeah. Rojas. A. Seven five. Oh, there it is. J. R. O. J. A. S. A. Seven five. So John put all these graphs up today and the homegrown and the 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 there, there were statistics that specifically said how MLS is younger. Right. And more younger players are playing. So you're on. I want to hear this. Do you yeah. Have the it's, specifics. It's, what are, yeah, I have the this, specifics, I think, here, too. Right. But hold on. Hold phone. on. We, um, I just want to close with the with the rules and the competition uh, aspect saying that the other the other element that fans may notice this year is the assistant referee and the way they uh, manage right the offside so for so long in many of the leagues right now we are getting used to see how referees are holding to call the offside right assistant referees and holding their hands and not calling the outside until the end of the play to see if the play ends up in a goal. And then VAR can come in and analyze that play. Um, what Howard Webb explained today is that MLS is doing it slightly different. So if the, if, if the play is too close and you see that it may not be an outside, as, a, as an assistant referee, you do not call it if the play have the, the potential to end on a, on a goal. But if it is a clear offside, then you call it right away. You don't hold up. I, is that a change? How is that a change? That's the way. It is, it, no, it where's the change? Because, it must be pretty for, subtle because if somebody's clearly offside, you were allowed to put your flag up. Right, but for in a goal scoring situation, no, since 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 the use of VAR in different leagues, we've seen a lot of plays in which the offside is there, assistant referees do not raise the flag, right. waiting for the play to finish, right. and everybody is like, "Why so late? Why to wait until this?" Yeah, Be because that's the recommendation from 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 FIFA and 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 the FAF, but. MLS is doing it with that slightly difference. If it is clear, just call it. Raise your flag. Right. If it, if you see it that it may not be clear and the play may end up in a goal, then hold it and let's see what happens. We review with the BAR. So that's the slightly difference there, calling it. Okay? Because I think that is important. And to close with the competition um, element, um, it was explained how the I mean we we all could say it coming uh, see it coming how the playoffs are gonna be play out right because you have the two conferences seven teams are gonna qualify for playoffs in each conference correct yep so mm -hmm. so the first the first team in each conference is gonna have a bye week and then yes. the others are gonna face each other in a single elimination game all single elimination from start to finish mm -hmm. right. Yep. Correct. Mm -hmm. It was exciting last year. I've got to say, it may be unfair and cruel. <laughs> it was definitely exciting. 
Yeah. That's what, that's what Jeff Agu said. It was uh... right. And then the other one, what, what Glenn was mentioning was uh, they they went and explained the different the different concepts, the different routes that teams are having to acquire talent. And they make a big difference between what they call a final product, like a you know a player that is already developed, and a developing player. So in that sense, the the the, the well, they called it acquiring product, talent, acquiring talent, or developing talent, talent, which and with correct. the parenthetical homegrown, they're talking about homegrown there. Right, the the acquiring talent is the player who is coming to be a DP or a town player, you pay a significant amount of money for that. And they show how ages for right. The average uh, age of those players, John, this was, I thought this was cool. 25.2 years old, the acquiring talent player, you know, and I, I think people might think it's all, uh, it would be uh, uh, a higher age, you know, I mean, if you were, if you just thought about it, right. People might anticipate that. Correct. And that is only for designated players. The town players are still, uh, the, the ages of those players are still to having a significant difference on the younger side of, of those players. And then with the, with the development of players, they, of course, explain how many players have been developed and signed from the academies, the, 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 the homegrown, right, signings. Uh, over one-fifth of the entire... This was mm-hmm. over one-fifth of the entire player pool in MLS are homegrown, homegrown today. Mm-hmm. So that from 24 wild. players in 2016, in 2020, they signed 58 players. And then the average age of those players dropped consistently, you know, yeah. from 19 and a half almost from 2016 to 17 and a half on, on 2020. And, but the most important part of that is, I think, in my point of view, is the impact, meaning the amount of minutes of play game time that those kids are having. So guess, let's, time, let them guess. Go ahead, Roberto. What percentage uh, of minutes did homegrown players play in MLS last year? Too much. 10%. That's a good guess. Yeah. Tom? Uh, uh, 20. That's a little over. That's a little overcooked. <laughs> Go ahead, John. Give it to him, John. 14. 14%. That's pretty good. What was it? Okay, so that was last year. What about the year before? They, uh, g- g- give me the years that have it's changed. So it's for, from 2016 was 6.7%. Right. So in four years, in, in five seasons, 2016, 17, 18, 19, and 20, he jumped from 6.7%. To fourteen or five, so basically doubles. More than doubles. Here's the important part of that, okay? It, because it, it goes, it, it's about narrative, and the narrative was, and I guess some of the numbers back it up, that young players in America were not getting enough chances to be able to play, and they had to go to places like Germany where they were being appreciated and got a chance. And this was a narrative that we got, especially with the Gio Reynas of the world. And but then last year, we saw a huge jump of the way that, that it wasn't only that young players were playing, but the great impact that they were having, right? So you saw it with Aronson and McKenzie. You saw it with all McKinney, the kids in FC Dallas. McKinney, rather. Uh, no, McKenzie. No, McKinney. No. no, McKinney. I said McKenzie, Mark McKenzie. Oh, 
Oh, okay. Mark McKenzie, so the Union center back. Okay, yeah. right. He went to Ghent. Um, and so, and then FC Dallas just seems to be able to, you know, send him out on a conveyor belt, as I heard today, that, that, that his fresh in was used. FC Dallas has been fantastic. They've had an amazing academy. And so, and now you see New York City hopefully having Andres Jason be able to play this year. James Sands has gotten a, a very, very good run and is a key part of the team. And so the narrative is now changing about young kids getting an opportunity to be able to really, really show who they are. And it's becoming a very good business model for MLS because they're showing these kids, they're talented enough, these kids are playing very well, and they're selling them for millions of dollars to top teams in Europe. And so teams are becoming less and less afraid of being able to play these kids. And that's really, really important because if MLS, the, the business model of this league, it's going to take a long time before television winds up paying most of the bills like it does in the NFL. All right. So they're still going to need ticket sales and, 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 and deals with advertising and things. But the biggest, quickest way to make money in this league is developing players and selling them for a profit, okay? And they can come from the academy or you're getting them from, uh, from foreign countries and then you're developing them here and you're selling them off to Europe like Atlanta did with Almiron, all right? So but that's going to be part of the way of teams to be able to make money. That's not exactly the, the, the right example, but I agree with the point. Because Almiron was already a developed player. Yes, he was. But, I he mean, they got him for $12 million and sold him for 29 So, I mean, that's what are trying to do. Exactly. The Davies. example goes... Exactly. The example goes more for, play, for the new initiative, the U21 initiative. Right. Right? But, but, yeah, I agree. I mean, if you go and check the, the, the recent or the more big transactions, most of them are players that were impactful on their teams in MLS. You know, Tyler Adams, Alfonso Davis... Uh, Reggie Cannon, Brendan Aronson, Mark McKenzie. Those plays were very impactful on, on Red Bulls, you know, Dallas, Philadelphia Union. So, But it was funny because, or not funny, but interesting, that the commissioner mentioned when he was explaining that point, right, that it's not true that the players are from the academies are not being uh, really uh, promoted in MLS and having playing time and they had to leave and all that. He said, that is part of the process. That is part of life. And that is part of, of the soccer world. I mean, some players decide to make the jump really quick early and go and finish their development in other countries on other leagues. But you have cases like, and he mentioned this, and this is what was interesting. Jesus Ferreira, who is with us. So for me, he's implying that at some point Ferreira was about to leave and decided to stay. Hmm. Right, I got that. Yeah. That, I, that was an interesting point that he made. And it's true. Yeah. And for some players, it's going to work better. Look at Landon Donovan, right? He went to Europe at such an early age, and it wasn't until he came back to America where he really developed his game again. Different age. Right, it is a totally different age, but it's still, you know, Landon's Do Landon Donovan's success is owed strictly to MLS, really. While uh, other players, you know, have been able to go out with, you know, Gio Reyna will never, even though he came out of a New York City academy, he's never really an MLS player. Right. 
Hey, listen, before we uh, get your guys' thoughts on the opening match this week at DC, we were, we were highlighting some of the players from the past and had some fun with that a little while ago. So it just got me thinking. We're starting year number seven, which I cannot believe. And it's great that we all still get to, to do this together. Uh, if you had to, you guys are now the, I'm going to put your GM hat on. You get your first pick, your first round, first pick for New York City FC. Of all the players that have played for New York City FC in the seven years, who's your number one overall pick? Jack That's Harrison. Easy. Jack okay. Harrison? Jack yeah. Harrison. I okay. saw him to Manchester City. So, <laughs> <laughs> Listen, he couldn't even play. He couldn't even play on the weekend because of the agreement that yeah, they had the between Leeds agreement. and Man City. Yeah. How about that? Right. He cannot play happened, those so. matches. Yeah, they he still cannot won. play any match. He cannot yeah. play any match with them. Roberto, who's your number one pick? David Villa. David Villa. Uh, I mean, what he came and, and, and did on the field and – as far as uh, also setting the tone in training uh, for the team and uh, the setting the tone of what you have to do to give yourself for this team and to show that you care, learning English immediately, being able to learn English in a year. I mean, that, uh, that, that that's the, uh, the player uh, that, that I would pick. And, uh, you know, I'm, heartbroken that uh, other things happened that uh, never should have happened and that ugh, just that, that makes me ill that part just absolutely makes me ill but if we're talking strictly soccer then uh david Villa, and to me it's not even close len crooks kwame watson sirabo no question about it <laughs> well you guys all three were wrong the correct answer is poku yeah, uh, exactly. yeah, that's, 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 that's Glenn's 11. <laughs> City Wall, Poku. Uh, you know, it'll be fun. We'll do Jeb Broski. Four uh, years. Uh, listen, exactly. wait, wait, wait. Four years exactly. from now, four years from now, we will do our all time top, our best 11 and our worst 11 in year 11. So we have a oh, few more. Nice. It's a job okay. for me. I did that during the off season. I know. I know. I yes, made the I list of the impossible. I still, I have the and... list. It's still on my desktop. It's right over here. <laughs> I can click it on and put it up there. But uh, <laughs> I look at that it every your, now and that, that I, I, just, I can't remember. I couldn't remember Jefferson Maynard because I look at the list every now and then. You know, just to, <laughs> oh yeah. my God. all right, guys. Well, let's bring this one to a close and just go around the room. Uh, you know, I know we're all excited that the regular season's finally here. We know they open up at DC. Um, Glenn. Just your your thoughts on match number one, 2021. Yeah, I uh, going back to the very uh, top of the podcast. We were talking about the season. It's uh, we've seen DC United and New York City playing a scrimmage. Uh, certainly, that's you know is what it is at the Philadelphia Union training facility. But uh, there were many players on both sides that are going to be at the start of this game. Uh, Steve Birnbaum's not healthy, so you know it's brilliant and. Um, Who's the big kid from Maryland? Uh, Donovan Pines. Donovan Pines at, at central defense, and I, you know, Donovan Pines, you know, on set pieces and in front of goal, he there's something going on there. But I don't rate him as a defender. I just don't. I mean, I I think uh, I just think DC United hasn't done enough, and this new coach who we know a little about, but he doesn't have an extended, you know, mark in the coaching fraternity. So I think it's a pretty, uh, 
if you're a DC United supporter, there's, you know, we're talking about, well, we're not sure how it's going to go. Well, they have no idea how it's going to go, man. So, um, no, I think it'll be, um, I, I'm looking pretty decisive. I think they'll get their two goals and it, it'll be two, one, but it'll be more of a, you know, more of a dominant thing. And, uh, we are scheduled on both English and Spanish, uh, uh, side of things to have commentary on tune in and nycfc.com beginning at 7 45 p.m eastern time with our pregame shows roberto and ariel myself uh, maddie and tom and that's how we're going to kick this thing off on the weekend and uh just in wrapping uh, and then you don't have to go back to me tom uh i do have these interviews coming up this week which will be pretty cool and there's a kickoff event that the club's gonna announce very shortly probably tomorrow i would think tomorrow being tuesday and uh, but I'll have a chance with uh, Sim, Brad Sims, um, David Lee and Ronnie Dyla uh, this week and a sit down with it. This is my fa- no, no offense to any of those guys. My favorite one is I'm going to sit down with uh, Medi Belushi and Nick Cushing and do chalk talk for a half hour. So uh, that's my favorite one coming up. So that's it. So tune in all the way around. Bye. Make sure those guys know what the half spaces are when you talk to them. Yeah, I'm gonna talk about that. I, well, we're gonna talk shape, man. All right, Roberto. Are you, are you gonna teach him your five lane uh, strategy? I, I would, cool. Maybe they'll pick up on that. Yeah, I, th- I think they they probably. Well, I'm sure they know it. Whether they do it or not, I don't know. You gonna brag about Carly Lloyd? I mean, you know. I no. Well, I should. I should. Say, Carly got her 300th cap. Yeah, pretty cool. yeah. It's, it's absolutely. Pretty, Congratulations, absolutely. Carly. Yeah, that's, that is uh, freaking amazing. 300, Jesus. And she's still 39 years old and still doing what she's doing. That's just awesome. By the way, we didn't mention this, and I, and I feel bad because we should. The uh, the women are playing, right? And uh, Sky Blue changed their name. They're going to be playing at Red Bull Arena. And uh, now they're the New Jersey, New York, Gotham FC. Gotham, yep. And uh, it's a great name except for the FC part, but um, but I but I love it. And so uh, hopefully people will uh, get a chance to go out and uh, support the ladies over there. Carly Lloyd is on the team. Team looks uh, like it's going to be fun. And NWSL got, uh, got underway with their tournament. So uh, good luck to the ladies there. And uh, we wish them all the best. And interesting, me, uh, interesting trivia. Matthew Wolf, who did the NYCFC logo, did the New Jersey, New York Gotham logo. I think it's a that's a cool logo. How he got New Jersey, New York in that, uh, you know, in the in yeah. that lettering, how he did it. Really cool. Really cool. Yeah, they did a really good job with that. Uh, I, I like it. I don't really like the New Jersey, New York thing. I mean, to me, it just should have been Gotham FC or Gotham SC, which would have been better. But uh, the uniform looks great, by the way, at least the dark one that I've seen. Um, and so, by the way, just just one other aside here. The uniforms at NWSL are fantastic. There's so many brilliant uniforms. The Thorns is great. The Red Stars is 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 awesome. The Orlando, uh, the Orlando City Pride, uh, the Orlando Pride, they, they're great. And again, Gotham FC as well. There's so many fantastic uniforms. I mean, people have to go out and buy shirts. I don't care if you're, you know. I'll go wear. I'll, I'll wear a Gotham FC shirt. Absolutely. Uh, right. about it. It's fantastic. So anyway, uh, there. Um, 
As Glenn mentioned, Ariel and I will be doing uh, the game in Spanish. At uh, We start at 7.45 for the 8 p.m. game on nycfc.com. Uh, or you can just uh, put us on the TuneIn station and favorite, and you can find us easily all the time. So uh, really looking forward to that. Uh, I think DC is going to put up a pretty decent fight. I think New York City is a much better team. Uh, we still don't know if uh, they're going to have Bill Hamid in goal. And if not, it's going to be Chris Seitz, uh, most likely. Uh, so uh, we'll see how that goes. And Hamid is a really big, important part of that team. And if he's not there, uh, it's a big drop-off. No, well, they played twice last year. Chris Seitz was in goal, 0-0 the final. New York City had 19 shots on goal. D.C. United, 0 the second game, Hamid was in goal. New York City won the match 4-1. So you never okay, know. Okay, so, so, so right. Okay, you fine. never know. Great statistic. Very great statistic. If you're if you're the coach, if you're Hernando Sada, who the hell are you putting in goal? And Hope, how long are you thinking Hope about Solo. it? Hope Solo is the third keeper, right? <laughs> no, it's John Kempen. <laughs> That's right, Kempen. All right. All right, we're done. Who are you in goal? Huh? Who are you putting That's in goal? That's not the point. The point. No, is- it is a point. Who are you putting in goal? Well, of course, Hamid. Of course. What are you, what are you talking so, so, yes, games are different. And you, you should know this. New York was playing at home. Yes, they had a lot of bad luck and shot, you know, like duty <laughs> in the game uh, in the game in D.C. I mean, the game should have been like 7-0. No, I mean, he had, a, he had a good game, and that's fine, but that's that. Anyway, yeah. follow me for more rants like this. You can follow me on Twitter, at Ramos. <laughs> And uh, on Facebook at Roberto Abramowitz Oficial, and of course now on Instagram at Roberto Abramowitz. So uh, please do follow, chime in. I, I, I will talk with anybody who has a reasonable, uh, just wants to have a reasonable discussion. Okay. I'm not like Glenn, who doesn't like speak to anybody on social media. He'll speak to you if you're from New Jersey. Obviously. Yeah, that that will do. That that, that gets him excited. Yeah. John Rojas, what are you looking forward to in the first match? What's important for New York City fans? What should they look for? It's it's very interesting because there are two teams that are, you know, building again. Uh, With with Ronnie, it's just uh, setting the foot again and and building with that core of players. So it's a lot to show, and there's a lot of players that want to show that they want to be there for him. And at the other side, of course, it's a brand new process, a brand new set of, you know, coaching staff, uh, uh, philosophy and everything that they uh, are putting out there. So it's very interesting. Uh, it's going to be. Yeah, have you I seen any of his comments, John? Game. I know I, I, I sh- I'm going to chime in, even though I said I'm, I'm done. But uh, but Lozado, <laughs> he uh, his comments were pretty interesting. It's like he almost said, uh, and this was in a media scrum, like something to the effect. Yeah, I sure hope the supporters aren't expecting us to win right away. This is going to take some time. And I'm like, yep. <laughs> listen, man, I don't know what world. Well, let me tell from, you but... something. Uh, you know, you got to respect everybody. Yeah. I, and, but I... and especially and especially teams and people who are, you know, having a long career of fighting and getting positions and looking for their dreams and making their dreams come true. But if you ask in Argentina, who is Hernan Pablo Lozada? They will say, oh, yeah, that's a kid who played once for Independiente. But, like, 
I don't know, like 2003 or something. <laughs> they have <laughs> they no didn't track idea. Him. They didn't track they him when no he went to Belgium? What he, no. Why didn't they, they no follow him? Why didn't they follow him when he went? Oh, okay. Because he's nobody there. All right. If he had been on the national team, they'd follow him. He's Nothing. not from Aguero. Not as, not as a player, not as a coach. Okay? But one so, thing that we saw in the so, D.C. So, game, okay? The, 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 thing, the thing that I want to say here is don't think that this United bro, a star coach, Argentinian coach that everybody was fighting to get and that he is the new, you know, Bielsa, uh, Disciple, or the new... Tato Martino, Disciple, or the new, whatever, you know, uh, source of coaching style you like. That's not true. It's a so, guy who did his life playing there, right? And in and, and Belgium and coaching in Belgium, period. And that's fantastic for him. I'm just saying, don't buy it, don't sell it as a big coaching star coming to MLS because it's not. I don't think so. He's an Argentinian, that's not that was, but I will say this one thing he had his team playing really, really hard, <laughs> excessively hard for um, the game against the New York City. I mean, that, that, that card, that game got really, really rough. And uh, Efrain Juarez, who uh, was on the bench for New York City FC, uh, he went over. I mean, he was yelling across the way at Hermano Sala for most of the first half. And then as the half was about to end and uh, Junior Moreno stomped on Tati Castellano, uh, Efraín got up really, really mad and really started yelling at him. So uh, it's going to be, you know, that, that there's an interesting possible side angle to what might happen uh, on the, I don't think anybody's really going to lose their game and it's not going to become, you know, lose their minds. And I don't think it's becoming WrestleMania. But I mean, it, it's something to keep an eye on to see how much of, uh, of an issue, you know, that first half and the way it was played and all the kicking that was done uh, is going to play out in, in D.C. Well, Frederick Briand, I asked him about it the next day and, he, and I said, do you think there'll be any carryover? And he smiled. And he goes, I think so. <laughs> in his French accent. Hey, well, that. it'll be fun to watch. I know we're looking forward to the broadcast and doing uh, obviously the, the next show and everybody's reaction to what happened. So we will look forward to it. Guys, looking forward to doing the game this weekend. Uh, thanks so much for watching and listening to this episode of Soccer in the City for Glenn Roberto and John. I'm Tom. It's another episode of Soccer in the City in the Books. Enjoy the game Saturday, everyone.